0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: The Drive Show, with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. A
2: little
1: driving on a Saturday night. Oh, great show, Hayes and Mardo. Here we are, the first uh, drive program for the week, and it's always a real hot one on a Monday night because there's so many issues emulating out of the weekend. And, of course, it was the Queen's birthday holiday, a long weekend. And well done to the Magpies. Uh, they are one of the surprise packets of the season so far. Defeating Melbourne. Where are the Demons at? Three uh, losses on end now. Twelve ten eighty two to 8-8-56, brother. Uh, Peter Vlahos with you. And, of course, our AFL analyst on a Monday night is Kim Hagdorn. Haggis, good evening yeah, to
3: g'day, you. Peter. How are you? Just quite a few uh, issues just straight off the top is uh, – Melbourne, with their three losses in a row. And now they it's it's a share of top, isn't it, between Brisbane, mm. Melbourne and, and, and Fremantle. Equal top <laughs> after round uh, 14. Uh, some have had buys. Some haven't had buys. Fremantle, Brisbane and Melbourne will go to their buy. Carlton, they can jump back into equal top if they can have a win over Richmond later this week. Let's talk about that later on or as the week unfolds. Because there's so many issues around all that, Peter, is that... Uh, we, <laughs> Melbourne, they, they've now got a run where they might keep losing. I don't know. They've got a buy. They need to regroup on the back of the Stephen May fiasco. And and uh, what sort of effect does that have? What would you say to him tonight if you were a teammate? Mm. You know, would mm. you ignore him? Was he not there? Does he not hang around the change rooms when they've lost? But that's three in a row. Now the buy. Then Brisbane and Adelaide. Where do they play Geelong. Brisbane up there? Yeah, it's the MCG. Okay. So again, in front of their home crowd, can they recover? So that's one. Fremantle have the buy. I thought there were signs from Fremantle. They're really plucky. They hang in and they did come. Which is something
1: they never used to do under the previous regime. When they were beaten,
3: they they were beaten. I don't think we can say never. Let's not forget that 2012, 13, 14, 15, they were amongst it. They were one of the trendsetters of the competition. That's a long
1: time ago. Yeah,
3: but 16, 17. So it's six seasons since they've been anything like they are now. And as you say, six seasons since we would expect them to keep coming back at sides. I found it extraordinary, and, uh, and you have to commend Hawthorne and perhaps some of the early signs of development and potential with Hawthorne, Peter. Ten lead changes in that yeah. game. It, was just, it, was just, it just kept happening, didn't it? And Fremantle hit the front at the 15-minute mark of the third term, and they weren't headed again since. But they were challenged. It wasn't as if they ran away with the game. Hawthorne kept coming back at them. And some issues out of that one, I'd love to talk to anyone about this, is the, the Nathan Fife return. It was hailed and hered- heralded. He wasn't in their best dozen players. No. And I actually reckon he played a role which is – it had to be strategic. I know he was around the ball and he spent about 52 or 3% of his time as a midfielder and then 40-odd 40 percent, 43 or 4% as a forward and then bench time in amongst that as well. But I, I got the impression it was very strategic. And when it was happening and playing out on Saturday, I thought this is how he played for Peel against Suby last weekend – where well, he wasn't so much the buffeting in first receiver from a ruck tap or around a pack. He was just off it, and he was the first – he was mm. the receiver. He wasn't the getter, the get and give. He was on the outside. Well, oh, slightly in. As they were breaking, the likes of Sarong and Brayshaw got – or Mundy now and again got it to Nathan Fife, who then gave it, and they broke and burst. And I just thought that's helping him protect himself, them protect him. And when you think he only had only six kicks for the match, one of them was soccer in the goal square for his only goal, yeah. but 16 handballs, it reinforced what I thought I saw, where he was a giver. He'd receive and then give straight away. And it helped, it helped prevent him getting that heavy buffeting, thrown to the ground constantly, hitting the shoulders, hitting the hips, hitting the chest, where he was the going, get it, and then give it out. He was a first receiver as the packs were breaking, And especially when Fremantle had good possession. I tell you one other person who needs to be heralded and lauded over the last two weekends of Nathan Fife's comeback is Dr. Peter Dalessandro. He was the surgeon that did Nathan Fife's soldier. So I reckon he'd be pretty chuffed that my boy's getting through. I tell you what, I
1: found the article today, and we both rate him very highly, and we've featured him. On the uh, program, I've had him as a a guest from the West Australian. Braden Quartermain's breakdown on the back of that footy wrap today Mm -hmm. about the evolution of football. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that was plainly obvious on Saturday is Frio overdo the handball. And they handball when they shouldn't be handballing. Players in a position where they get closed down or get taken out and basically get pinned for being in possession or making a prior opportunity. They were handball happy. On Saturday. They've got to be a lot cleaner, and they have been a lot cleaner, but they overdid it on Saturday.
3: Oh, I think that's, that's, that's a bit of a high risk, I think, that Fremantle are playing. Fremantle are playing, and this is where I sort of suspect that they just will get challenged in coming weeks because everybody's analysed it. The opposition have analysed it. Even Hawthorne had done deep research, took it to Fremantle, and when they did turn it over or win it back, particularly the likes of Sicily from the key defence... They finished up with 61 inside 50s, Hawthorne, mm. to 47, Fremantle. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a risk. I think they also are still, I, I, I'm convinced of it, Fremantle are still un, lacking in some confidence with the blokes at the front. Blob, mm-hmm. Tavern is not there. Logue is filling in. They're still not conv- completely convinced that those boys can... Be the target and to go a little bit quicker, like Collingwood did today. Collingwood's game today—you have to be very impressed with the way they do go very confidently and quick. And I—I I, I just one of the uh, other factors was very evident with Fremantle's win to support my thinking and theory. There, they're not getting the, the marking targets; they're not hitting them. Eleven of their twelve goals. Were from field goals, ground balls, running goals.
1: Yeah, and what was interesting, just along, you actually said in the post-match press conference, he was convinced that they weren't necessarily the best team on the day. Mm. But in the end, he was happy to come out with the four points, and they scrapped one quarter one in the game when they kicked six third, goals yeah. to two in the third term, and they looked like the old Fremantle that had beaten Brisbane and Melbourne in with, the, with the couple of weeks before. Yeah. 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 yeah, and they looked really good. I tell you, that's something that really was glaring for me on the weekend. And it comes down to individuals and how they connect with a coach. Mm. Stephen Cornelio couldn't find the ball for about a couple of seasons under Leon Cameron. Mm. Mark McVeigh, no doubt has taken him under his wing. He's liking uh, certainly uh, the direction that Mark McVeigh is sending him as a leader of the GWS Giants. Stephen Cornelio played his best game. Okay, it was only against North Melbourne – but he played his best game, I think, for a couple of seasons. He was outstanding. Oh, and, and, he you can, can, s- and you can see that he's feeling comfortable in his
3: own skin again. And Mark McVay, the coach, has given what, him the confidence. What, well, come back to that just briefly. I, I thought Cornelio was second best on ground. Harry Himmelberg was best on ground with nearly 40 possessions out of fullback. But they were an attacking, creative mm. sort of fullback. It was more like a halfback flanking role or a centre halfback. I say Tom Stewart gets votes when he plays well with Geelong. And that's another move that 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 McVale has, has pulled since taking the job just a month ago. So, Cornelio, more confident player, back around the ball, and you stay around the ball pretty much the whole game and rest forward. He's not spending a lot of bench time, Cornelio. No. And the other one is, Him, is Himmelberg. I thought Himmelberg was best on ground in that game yesterday. Poor standard of game. That, that, was, that, that was, was just terrible. a bad adver- advertisement for... And North Melbourne just continued to be delusional that, that, that things are going <laughs> well there. You look at the statistics... Of the North Melbourne players and their key players, their key important players, they they were horrendous yesterday. There they, and the the uh, the, the Horn Jones sort of performance and him on report now he's been offered two weeks, Peter. Yeah, Horn Francis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, Horn Francis, sorry, I, think I said Horn Jones. I was just looking up their stats because they they were awful. They they were totally unacceptable. The the North Melbourne stats yesterday and performances from the likes of uh, Horn Francis. Eight possessions for the match. Mm. He played on the ball, Peter. Kane Turner lauded for the big tagging job that he did on Josh Ke- Kelly. Kelly's had it nearly 30 times. Turner had it eight times. Eight times. Hugh Greenwood had it eight times. Played on the ball. Mm. Jack Zebel, how you could leave your, the captain of your club as a permanent forward to finish up with six possessions in the match when you're getting belted, it, 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 there's... And, and Jaden Stevenson, he just doesn't want to be there. You can no, see that. No, you can see that. Interesting. He had five touches for the whole match. Had one touch at the halftime. They're, they're delusional, North Melbourne, mm. if they think things are going okay.
1: Okay. We'll get to, to the Eagles in a moment because, of course, they had the bye and they're gearing up for a home game against Geelong. Let's look at uh, young Horn Francis. Yep. Visibly frustrated during that ruse uh, thrashing by GWS. And he's only 18 years of age has got the number one draft, the tag, certainly fair and square on his forehead, was involved in a heated exchange with veteran Ruckman Todd Goldstein, who you should respect and yeah, listen to yeah, because of what Todd's gone through at halftime. As we have already found out, striking charge against Josh Kelly, two weeks for that. He clearly doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Oh. He Absolutely. clearly doesn't want to be there. I've never seen a number one draft pick, 18 years of age, let mm, me tell you, mm, challenge someone like Todd Goldstein, who's what, on, in his early 30s, who's given his blood, sweat and tears to North
3: Melbourne and he's taken him on at halftime. But to me, that reinforces. I mean, we're seeing body language confirmation that what David Noble, the coach, Ben Amafio, the chief executive, and Brady Rawlings as the football operations general manager have been trying to tell us that there's unity, they're right behind us. Uh, The players are working their backsides off, doing everything right, everything we ask of them. We're hunky-dory. Everything is not right at North Melbourne, no matter what the three sort of senior pillars are telling us. Because it clearly isn't. And I think the the display from an 18-year-old to a 32, 33-year-old veteran of North Melbourne uh, reinforces that clearly. Okay. uh, Mind you, it's, it's... It's a bit of the spoilt brat mentality you do see from some youngsters these days around various various sporting levels.
1: Yeah, fair call. Okay, and the other issue, and we like – it's been uh – Locked to death, but we need to touch on it. Certainly, uh Jason Horn Francis was one issue. Melbourne, we've touched on and what the impact of the uh, altercations during the course of the week had on their performance today, beaten by Collingwood. And Collingwood certainly are going great, uh, going great guns. 26 point winners at the MCG today in front of 76,000. A lot of black and white in that's that crowd. Huge turnaround. Turn that,
3: that's an eight goal turnaround. They kicked nine of the last 10 goals in the game. Yeah. uh, Melbourne
1: only kicked three goals in the second half. Yeah.
3: But nine of the last 10 of the match from Collingwood. Collingwood. And it's the way they kicked them too. They ran the ball in so strongly. Mm -hmm. he, I would have gone him probably third best on ground.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cox was certainly good. And of course, uh, Oliver was good for Melbourne. Uh, the other one is the Bailey Smith scenario. Let's just play this first, because we need to touch on it, because everyone's had their opinion. Love to get you on the uh, temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736, 0487 736, 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Come and join us. Here's Bailey Smith. In fact, we'll fire it, Bray. It, oh, definitely a
4: regret and, you know, extremely disappointed in myself. And, yeah, as I said, embarrassed, like, trying to walk and do simple things today. You know, it was already hard before, but it was more for the good reasons of footy. But now to have um, this burden is tougher. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I suppose it's a, uh, it's not a relief, but, like, it almost is because it's, like, there was a period of my life where I feel ashamed and, you know, I want to forget. But now I feel like I can probably move on. Um, and, you know, I'm an open book. Um, we've all you know, messed up and yeah, it's unfortunate that
1: I, I did in that way. And um, as I said before, I'm excited to grow and, and continue to you know, be better. And since then, uh, the coach of the Bulldogs, Luke Beveridge, has questioned the AFL's illicit drugs policy uh, regarding Bailey Smith facing sanctions from the league. He's still to be interviewed by the AFL Integrity Unit, uh, Smith. He will be interviewed during the course of the week, uh, as we saw that footage, and we saw it on Saturday, heading into that game that we broadcast between Freo and Hawthorne of the 21-year-old with that illicit substance from late last year, and that was circulated publicly. Now, mental health has played a part in this, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, Bailey Smith has come out of it. He's been apologetic. His question where his uh, mental well-being was post the grand final here at Optus Stadium against Melbourne last year. This is not an isolated case. The problem with Bailey Smith, he got caught. He got caught by video and a photograph, and clearly he was in another headspace on that night. Well, I, I, and uh, we've, we need to touch delicately on it, but. Well, I'm, what, I'm not what, so sure what, why we... we but Saturday, what about Beveridge's stance that he needs to question the AFL's illicit well, drugs policy? To, to
3: quash it completely. Yeah, just to, just do away it. with it. Well, th- that's lunacy. That that's, that's a strange comment from a coach whose club is paid for and run by the AFL. Mm. It's very challenging and, and confrontational. You touched on it there, Peter. Um, I have no proof, no evidence, because you'll never, ever get it. The AFL won't even inform the club's as to how much they do know about these activities. But for every incident like Smith, you can rest assured there's many more that are hidden that we've never seen. I mean, I would guess it four out of every five, four or five other cases, perhaps even more. So it is ridiculous that the AFL management is likely to investigate and only give a two-game ban here. Mm. It is ridiculous and unacceptable, but it just got brushed past because one of the poster boys of the whole competition, not just the Bulldogs, head butted, head Zach Toohey at three quarter time. Peter, that incident didn't take place during the match when the players were trying to bustle away and get on with the game or get a free kick or run the ball downfield. We got to score a goal. It happened at three quarter time. It didn't even go straight to the tribunal. He got two weeks. So if he only gets two weeks now for bringing the game into such disrepute because he's been caught, as you say, we wouldn't know about it. If, he, no. if, if the media hadn't got hold of this, whoever passed it on to media outlets, they've spilled it, it wouldn't have been known. It wouldn't have been known. So how many more do the AFL cover? And with the AFL drugs policy as it is, at least – a lot of clubs or the AFL Players Association work behind the scenes on the first and second strikes. I don't reckon we'll ever see a third strike. If all he's going to get is two games for this, Bailey Smith, because the precedent was set several years ago when two players got caught publicly and they got two games at the time. Heath Shaw got banned for eight matches 14 matches overall, six suspended for a $20 bet Mm. in 2011. Jaden Stevenson, he's a troubled soul, got 12 matches, got 22 matches, 10 suspended for a $36 three-way multi that didn't even involve his own team. So where's the integrity in what a lot of the things the AFL are doing, especially with the behaviour of players behind the scenes? and especially when it goes public. This has brought the game into disrepute. Mm. So it should be worth worth more than two games. Yeah, Fair call. And can I just also throw out,
1: from a journalistic point of view, and it was a a poor uh, situation. Tom Morris, who worked for Fox Sports, came out weeks and months ago, made those comments about a colleague, lost his job. Who knows where he is now? Who knows what his state of mind is now? Who knows who's giving him support? In the end, he, he lost his job, he's lost friends, and he's lost his credibility because
3: of those well, remarks that he did make. I can reveal to you relating to Tom Morris. Yeah. that was I just checked. That was after round one, remember, when the Bulldogs Correct. had been beaten by Melbourne to, to kick the season off? And um, that Friday afternoon, that was a Thursday night game? Yes. And then he had the blue, there was a huge publicity. That's right, with uh, beverage, yeah, Luke yeah, beverage yeah, at the yeah, press yeah, conference. Yeah, yeah, Correct. Yes. And then, th- then there was some information spread around about a comment that he'd made about a free- female colleague. But again, it,
1: it was picked up on video no, and it, it was, was circulated. It was a Wednesday game.
3: by Friday he was. It was circulated publicly via video as yep. the case was with yeah. Bailey Smith. And it's always the case, especially if someone wants to get you back. Correct. Now, I, my suspicion with the Bailey Smith was one is, this is a real conspiracy theory did it come out of someone connected with Melbourne Mm. to try and hose down the Stephen May circumstance? Just shut it up. Finally put it. Let's, I've got something else here. I'll flick it over to you. Let's get it to the media. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? But Tom Morris, just as an interest, we are getting way off track here. And we need to go to a break because Bray, Bray,
1: my panel operator, is waiting. Friday
3: afternoon, when he'd been sacked by Fox, He had a phone call from one of the most influential people in Australian sport and Australian media to say, just go away, keep your nose clean, keep your head down, you will be back because you're too good and I'll make sure you get a job when we bring you back later in the season. Okay,
1: there you go. We'll leave it at that. 0487 736 736, the temperate bedshed text line, or you can join us on the Scarborough Toyota open line, 131255. You, no, you just be quiet for a sec. <laughs> we need to clear a break. It's just
3: a teaser. Very teaser.
1: <laughs> We've got so much to get through. It's been a pretty hot start, and we want you to get involved, and we'll focus on the Eagles and all the other issues as well. And also, we must touch on... A make or break game at two o'clock tomorrow morning, our time, when the Socceroos take on Peru. If they win, they're in the World Cup. They lose, they're on the scrap heap. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years.
2: A little driving on a Saturday night.
4: Oh
0: great save. save again, by it's a huge save. Wonderful save it's as big as we've ever seen in Australia. Here's Aloisi
4: for a place in the you World Cup. He
0: yeah! scored.
2: Australia have done it.
4: Go on! Come on, John Aloisi, the Confederation's on, Cup hero, man! has done on, it. In the biggest game of all. Come
1: on, Australia. Yes, uh, in 40 years of broadcasting, I must admit I was there calling it for a radio network with the likes of Frank Farina and others, and it was uh, a special night. But that was 2005, late 2005. They hadn't qualified since 1974, Uh, Johnny Warren had just passed, who I'd worked with uh, for many years. Didn't see that moment after, of course, being part of the Socceroos uh, vintage of 1974 when they played in the World Cup. Then it was 2006 they played in Germany. And Australia has been in a World Cup ever since, every four years. And tomorrow morning at 2 o'clock our time in Doha in the Middle East, they take on Peru, who finished fifth in the South American group. It's a one-off game, neutral territory, 12,000 Peruvians, have sold houses, sold their cars to get there to support their team. There'll only be a handful of Aussies. Let me tell you.
3: So can Australia win?
1: Uh, I reckon they're underdogs. This is what Graham Arnold, just in sixty seconds, had to say ahead of this important game at two o'clock tomorrow morning.
5: You know, the boys are in great spirits. Uh, they trained exceptionally well last night on the match stadium. Um, they're, they're just eager to get uh, get the game on, and uh, you know, so it's uh, as I said, they're fresh mentally. Uh, winning the both uh, both games against Jordan as well as the UAE uh, has given uh, rebuilt that belief that we that we had, and uh, you know I truly believe that um, you know we you know we improved from the Jordan game to the UAE, and the UAE game was better, and we'll do that again, and, and we need to.
0: Trent Sainsbury going to be available for you. What's the position with Taggart and any other one pe- people who've got injuries?
5: Yeah, Jason Davidson is out um, <clears throat> with a. Uh, A bit of a hamstring. Um, Trent and Taggart, they trained uh, individually last night and we will test them tonight. But uh, other than that, all the boys uh, have pulled up exceptionally well after the UAE game. And um, as I said, they're fresh and they're ready to go.
1: Okay, we'll have a full wrap on that game on drive tomorrow between 5 and 6, so tune in there. But we just wanted to touch on it tonight. Uh, of course, AFL uh, front and centre. Uh, you can join us on the uh, temperate Bedshed text line. Mike says, hi, Pete and Haggers. Griffin Logue needs some confidence up forward as he keeps handballing near the goals. Just mark and kick. Well, now, we were talking about, just during the break, regarding yeah. the Fremantle's forward line, and you made mention about Matt Tabernar as well. Well, I've where got, do you, where do you see No, him? I
3: don't see him in their best twenty-two now. Mm-hmm. Fremantle, and look, there'll be a lot that say, "Well, he is. He's the preferred key forward. Lob goes a bit further up the ground." So between those two, they're their main two tall forwards, and uh, and Darcy maybe spends a bit time down there, a bit of time down forward when Rory lob goes on the ball. But I, I I just think they've just looked a little bit more uh, mobile. They've uh, looked a bit longer and quicker with their, with their movement forward, with Griffin Logue as a third tall, and he's the, he's the third tallest of those uh, two guys. If Lob is up there, I prefer, I think Griffin Logue has, has perhaps shown enough. He's not a, a, a reflex of sort of forward, though. I, I don't think he's clever around goals, but he can develop that. But he, he takes him closer to goal. Uh, I think he's more, more of a confident character overall than Matt Tabiner. Uh, I just reckon that uh, Fremantle are a better side and their best 22 for mine doesn't have Matt Tabiner in it for when they come back for their resumption after this bye. And that'll create some real argument because, you know, if Logue doesn't play as a forward and Tabiner walks straight back in to share that forward line load with Rory Lobb, and Logue goes back to Peel, well, it puts a question mark on mm. his future, unless he, uh, he'd he stay there for the rest of this season, naturally, but he'd only be a backup to a forward, or if something happened to one of the key defenders, because clearly Pierce, and Cox and Ryan are their preferred tall, three key defenders. And when you look at it, Peter, th- this is Fremantle's preferred back seven for mine, as at the moment, is Ryan, Cox, Young, Clark, Pierce, Walker, Hughes. I'm not so sure that Griffin Logue's going to go back into there ahead of any of those boys. He could easily stay with Walters, Lobb, Schultz, Switkowski, Banfield and Collier and Logue as part of that seven-man forward rotation. I, I, I think they're just even more mobile and more potentially scoring-threatening Without Matthew Tavener. Okay, one thing I'd like to
1: throw out here. We're going to take another break. And then we're going to come back and talk about the West Coast Eagles. Of course, they're back in action this weekend against Geelong. And the Waffle team, again, were disappointing, losing by 38 points to Claremont. If Carlton win, they play Richmond uh, in the first game. Is that a Thursday night? Yep. They play Richmond. If they win that, then all of a sudden, the top four sides are all on 13, played 13 games, and and will be on 40 points. Who is, and I'd like to throw this out to our uh, drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn listeners on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736, or give us a call 13 12 Say Carlton win and they join Fremantle, Melbourne and the mm-hmm. Brisbane Lions on mm-hmm. 40 points. Mm-hmm. Who is the best team at this stage of proceedings with 10 rounds to go in that top four? We've of seen, that four? Of that four. We've seen Melbourne drop three games. We've well, seen Fremantle missed, beat I Brisbane.
3: I reckon you've missed something there, but go on. What have I missed, Carlton? I'm not telling you.
1: All right, and then you've got Carlton who've taken down a couple so of mates. That's your mo- top four, though. Okay, that, that's your top four after 13 don't, rounds, don't which disc- is the best team out of those uh, four teams. Geelong,
3: yeah, but they're not in the top four. Oh, okay, that's what I say. I'm just you're missing. Saying, I know, Geelong is a power team. They're, it is a power a team, four, and they're a top four candidate. They're that, so Geelong saying, finished top four.
1: Okay, so at the moment, Geelong are fifth. So, so no. out of those top five, even though Geelong are in fifth position. Yep. And uh, they, if they win their next game, of course, they'll go up to 36 and that's points. West Coast.
3: Yeah. That's, no, they'll, they'll win, win that. They'll win so so you're
1: saying Geelong is better than Carlton, Fremantle, Melbourne and Brisbane?
3: Potentially, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm liking Geelong. Right I'm, now? What about yeah, right now? Yeah. We can only yeah. live in the moment. Yeah. Geelong, I think, has the all form of game. They've developed a bit of a quicker moving game. Mm-hmm got these two power forwards that can kick 10 goals a week between which them. Which is important. Yeah. We've been talking about the forward problems yeah, at the and Dockers. The small, and the small forward crummers. Uh, I think they're very cunning. And their defence, like the likes of Stewart leading the defence and Mitch Duncan sweeping across halfback. Uh, I just think Geelong is really threatening. And Geelong have also still got four more games down at uh, uh, Geelong. Yeah. Which means they're they're a really strong chance to finish top four. But they get a bit shaky come finals time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so to, to Brisbane away from, or full stop, even at the Gabba. They've only won one final out of their last five at the Gabba, even though they've won 32 at their last 33 Do you we'll see home one, and aways.
1: Now, we saw the uh, the big freeze today, and they all went down the slide, and it was great. It was just a fantastic occasion. And I think they got to the $2 million, didn't they, uh, that they raised, which yeah, is quite did, outstanding. Yeah. Um, but they had the slippery slide there, mm-hmm. and they went down into, of course, that ice bucket. Mm-hmm. Is Melbourne potentially on a real slippery slide in the second half oh, of the yeah. season now? Oh, yeah. yeah but look uh, at, you look know, at all of a team. sudden, 10 games unbeaten. They've dropped the last three. There clearly is some issues. Even today, Max Gorn, who doesn't seem to get flustered very much, was remonstrating with members on the Collingwood bench about some language yeah. that was coming his way. They just seem to be all over the place at the moment, uh, the Demons.
3: And on the back of the Stephen May fiasco, yeah. you could not possibly have faith in that bloke given what he said to one of your mates yeah, and given how he's gloated and given his history. I mean, well, I'm not going to say it. I'm not on that sort of, I'm not, not on that pay scale, but we, we hear some amazing stuff about his attitude and behavior around behind closed doors. So you couldn't be totally comfortable. He's going to come back and have great faith in him. However, I did say on Thursday and I repeat it again, there's one position in football where I reckon you can get away with being someone who's, perhaps despised by your teammates and play a totally selfish game. And that's the key defender who takes on a key opposition gun forward. Stop him. The blokes don't like you. Punch it or mark it. Give it off. Kick the ball back in when when you bring it back into play from a point. The blokes don't like you. Do your job and we can still win games. Mm. I think that's where Stephen May's at. But you couldn't discount it, Peter. Let's just have a quick look. So they lost today. They go to the bye. They come back against Brisbane. They'll probably beat Adelaide in Adelaide, but they'll take it to them. Geelong, down at Geelong, then Port, then the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's a tough Port, run. Port might be gone by then. Who knows? But And that one's in Alice Springs, that Port game. I think Port are in trouble. I'm yeah. ruling them out as a top eight candidate now. Okay, we'll come back to
1: that. And also, we'll talk about the Eagles after the break. Come and join us on the Temperate Bedshed text line. Uh, your thoughts on what was just mentioned. Who is the best team in that maybe top four or five at the moment? Because they're all basically on the same amount of points, uh, even though Haggers reckons uh, a game behind Geelong are going to be the big movers maybe in the second half of the season. 0487 736 736. Well, 13 12, is the Scarborough Toyota open line. Eagles fans, we've got the spin on where they're at. Hopefully they'll win a couple of games in the second half of the season. I think they will. We looked at the fixtures a bit earlier, and I reckon they can pinch one maybe in the next couple of weeks when the Bombers come to town. This is Drive with Peter Vlahos, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. Great to see a lot of activity on the Scarborough Toyota open line, at 13 12 Haggers, let's zip through these calls. Uh, Lisa, Bruce, just hang on. We'll come to you in a sec. Let's go to Paul at Gossies. Hello, Paul. Yeah, day, boys. Hey, Hi, uh, Paul. Uh, Thanks for the call. Hey,
2: you know, to talk about West Coast and their reserve team, but, you know, you mentioned those teams who's in the top four. Mm. Well, Collingwood have beaten three of those and got within the kick in the bit of Brisbane, so I don't know where they sit in the mix now.
3: Well, I just um, I, I just wonder if it's just too far to jump from eighth at eight and five uh, to get up amongst, and they've got to jump. They've still got to get Sydney, St Kilda, Geelong. I know they've. Uh, it's been impressive. I like the way they're playing. What might cost yeah. them in the end result of top four? I think they can perhaps finish in the eight, but something much higher than that might even hark back to West Coast's only win of the year with <laughs> <laughs> over Collingwood. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Now, um, with,
3: with the West Coast
2: Reserve side, there are a bunch of well, they had 14 players in that squad. I think it might have been 13. 13, like yep. Professionals in that, in that squad who make a living from football. They they eat, drink, breathe football. They, they train full time. They come up against a bunch of semi-professional players. Very good semi-professional players I might add, but to not score a goal in the last quarter in a waffle game is, an app- is appalling and it's it's a, a reflection on on their level of fitness, I think. Right. Also, I heard um, Peter Simic speaking this morning, and he he mentioned that um, his son did a hamstring in the last mm-hmm. five minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And only the only the AFL-listed players were regularly rotated through the game, leaving leaving the part-time or the the semi-professional players on the ground at all occasions. And I think Simmer was blaming the lack of rotations for
1: his son's injury. Mm, interesting. Uh, There's no doubt about good that. Good on you, Paul. Thanks, thanks for Paul. your call, mate. Yeah, Appreciate on t- it. On
3: top of all that, I, I find it just t- grossly unacceptable that West Coast Reserves team, as Paul has said, only rotated the recognised players, the AFL-listed players, and people like Jack Petricelli with 16 possessions and no score or two points Liam Ryan, 12 possessions, just seven kicks. He did kick a couple of goals. Willie Rioli, 13 possessions, eight kicks, and failed to score. Isaac Winder, seven possessions. Mm. Petrus uh, petrevsky Seaton, 13 possessions, playing on the ball. Crazy. And Jay Cully, the lauded mid-season recruit, 10 position, possessions, and looked way out of his depth. Um, what, one thing that you can... Ho- rest assured, Paul, is that uh, it is in hand, I think, the, the the now disastrous fitness and conditioning program that Adam Simpson has allowed to run for a, for a long time, but particularly these last two seasons, as his players have gotten older and older and training has become less and less intense, the fitness and conditioning staff are going to get it in the neck. They're gone. We can declare that now. They're gone. Early assessment and reviews of West Coast Eagles' horrendous season over this buy period, the mm. last 10 or 15 days has arrived at the massive need for, to readdress their fitness and conditioning program. And those, those people, their fitness and conditioning, perhaps even some of the medical staff, will go. Will go. They'll will get go. it in the neck. Absolutely. Right. But what it tends to reinforce to me, Peter, is that if they're going to make such changes around the likes of the club and the programs – that the coach is secure. Others are going to go rather than the coach. Observation and comments
1: there from Kim Hagdorn. Let's go to Bruce at Mount Lawley. Hello, Bruce. Hey, boys.
4: Um, I think you're batting about 50% there, Haggers, but uh, to do with, uh, quickly, first do with Stephen May, and I'm, I was never a particular fan of Mark Stevens. He used to be the ferret at Channel 7 who uh, yep, dug yep. up all the stories yep. and did the interviews. I heard him say... Um, of Max Gorm, that he's actually one of the most popular players at the club, and he was actually defending him. I thought if a bloke like that was defending him, he must know of him, and he was he was strong in his praise of him for his popularity and everything like that. We all know he's got form. We all know that Mel, uh, sorry, not Malcolm Campbell Brown broke his jaw in his younger days. I, I just believe when he has a drink, he opens his goblet. Apparently, as a bloke, he's actually a top bloke and uh, and he died for the site. So I think, you're, I think you're off the money there. Having said that, um, it's clearly uh, affected uh, Melbourne but the top four as it sits now have been the best four sites this year. Um, Geelong will make the four. In fact, they'll probably end up top of the ladder but they're not the best side in it I wouldn't have thought um, because Fremantle gave him a three goal head start and those two big forwards um, Cameron did not score and I think Hawkins kicked a couple early and uh, Fremantle have got the game to beat Geelong, but Geelong has got the experience. And, you know, so, you know, but I think with the Stephen May thing, I think the problem with this, uh, the media, <laughs> um, is that these bombs that turn up, you talked about Bailey Smith and you talked about uh, Tom Morris himself, they seem to be well-timed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and I just think that, uh, you know, some of this stuff that's happening, and that's probably why Max Gorn was probably uh, a bit grumpy. Um, apart from the fact he didn't play very
3: well today, but uh, I, don't, I don't think I don't he's know. been playing. <laughs> I actually don't think, Bruce, that uh, Max Scorn's been anywhere near the Max Scorn we saw. of. Outstanding game last yeah. week, but uh, I reckon on a consistency basis, he hasn't been anything like he was last year. Still the best ruckman in the competition, but mm. I don't think he's been as dominant week after week as he was last season, Bruce. Good on you, Bruce. So we thank. Anything else? I oh, know you've gone. Thanks, Bruce, for your call. And Appreciate I will say, I, I take on board that's Bruce's view and, and understanding. But I've heard
1: it from a couple of other people that are pretty close to that sort of circle, and the general consensus is, I've I've had what it from people. That, I've
3: had it from people behind the scenes that have actually worked with Stephen May. Yeah. Um. So whatever Max Scorn is saying, particularly what with what Max Scorn is saying publicly, and so too will Simon Goodwin in coming days they'll defend Stephen May publicly because they have to. (laughs) They're not going to run him out of the club. Even if they did run him out of the club, eventually, they always get the positive reinforcement publicly.
1: Good on you, Bruce, if you're listening on uh, the uh, SENWA app or the radio. Thanks for calling, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, Keep listening. Let's go to Lisa, who always listens uh, to Drive with Peter Viles, particularly when haggers is on. Uh, Hey, Lisa.
0: No, that's not right. Peter, I always listen to you too <laughs> good on your lose. Is not on. But anyway, uh, how are you going, boys? Yeah, You're um, very well. Yeah. Firstly, I like I still like Brisbane. I think they'll be right up there, mm-hmm. and um, also Sydney. I think Sydney they are a very very good side when they when they get humming, and I think they they'll be up there somewhere too. So and and um, guys, um, Sam Mitchell, he's got that footy club playing a brilliant brand of football and they were just unlucky not to get the four points on the weekend that they butchered about four you know, gettable goals mm. in that game and um and i reckon they would have gone over the top of, of the dockers and um i i watched some of that waffle game um on the weekend and i was just absolutely gobsmacked by what what, what i was seeing out there those guys looked disinterested they're not fit. Liam Ryan took one, did one tackle for the mm. whole game. Now that that's just not on. Those guys are getting paid top dollars, and for them to not rotate those other boys, that was absolutely disgusting. Because everybody deserves a
3: break.
1: Yeah, good on you, Lee. And Lise. they should have
3: been been rotated.
1: Hey, we love your support. We love your passion, and keep See, listening. Those, Thanks the, for the call.
3: Those boys, Rioli and Ryan, why did why do they look like they look? They've come off injury breaks. Why why wasn't Willy Rioli rippingly fit and healthy and smooth and trim, taut and terrific. He's had six weeks training and he's still got a fat guts and a fat ass.
1: <laughs> uh, the other thing is, it was also an opportunity with the focus being on this waffle side to stand up and be proud and win a game of footy and say to everybody, There you go. We went really hard. But we, we played for the club, even though it was in the waffle. They have had a tough time of it. And in the end, we failed I, I, again. I,
3: I've touched on what will happen at West Coast to the fitness and conditioning staff, there'll be change. There will also be change in terms of a development program. Now, the, your second 11 or your second tw- team, your yeah. reserves team, has to be a development team. Part of that development is to teach them how to win. And you're not going to win unless you're fit and strong and healthy and can stay in contest after contest, after contest, rotate, come off and go back on and go again through the midfield and finish finish strongly. But West Coast, as part of the fitness and conditioning Uh, A reassessment will be that their training has not had enough vigour and enough strength uh, and strong, intense training. And it it is even evident at the waffle level that they can't run out sustained requirements. Mm. To the extent where I look at this week, this week's team, Peter, is going to have probably 12 premiership players in it and then some other players, the likes of Witherden and Waterman, and, and Foley and West and Hoff that, have been, that are players that mm. are capable and also Gaff uh, in particular and Kelly who has not a premiership player. So they, they'll have 12 premiership players. They should be able to take it to Geelong but because of their training program over the last couple of years, they'll struggle to run the game out yeah. individually and as a team.
1: We need to take a break and come back with a couple of final comments before we say goodbye. This is Drive here on SENWA.
3: The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos.
1: ToolMart, your complete tool centre, proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. It's been a busy show and we thank everybody for taking part. Hags will be, of course, back on Thursday as we preview the start of uh, another round of AFL footy. Let's look at the game here at Optus Stadium, 2.35 on Saturday. We've spoken about the Eagles. Uh, you've made the big call about Geelong and uh, they could be the big uh, improvers, certainly the big runners yeah. in the top four in the second half of the season.
3: Well, part, you... part of the strength with Geelong is I think they're very healthy list. They're like Fremantle where they've got uh, very few injury problems now and even for this week to play West Coast. Even though West Coast have got all the troops coming back and we've, we've been reading about them, following them, we've been watching them in the reserves, the likes of Sheed and Yo-Yo didn't play in the reserves, but he'll play against... Sheed got a bit of the footy. He's not right. He, yeah. He's got pro- problems with his ankle. He's, even his gait doesn't look mm-hmm. – he's not a quick mover in Dom Sheed, but, but he looked as though he's struggling manfully. He, he's struggling to recover, I reckon, I'm hearing, through days after his games. So Sheed back, Yo back, Ryan and, and Rioli. McGovern back, remember he didn't play the last game. Correct. Jack Petricelli, I believe, was on um, managed minutes in the reserves because he was going to play this week in the seniors. So West Coast, as we have touched on, should have a pretty strong side to play Geelong this week. I think Geelong, though – Healthy list, Dangerfield comes back, Patrick Dangerfield. Remember, he's missed three games, the yeah. l- and he, then he's had the buy to recover. And also Jack Henry, back from a foot injury. So that's another reason why I've looked at Geelong and thought, well, don't discount them for when, we, when there's this top four. Who's the best of the top four? Um, Geelong are sitting back in fifth, and I think that they'll win this week. They, they're healthier. They've got players coming back. Then it's Richmond at the MCG. North Melbourne. Percentage booster. Down at Geelong. Melbourne down at Geelong. Carlton and Port, so there's there's four or five, even maybe six wins there because Melbourne we think I think are off. Certainly in comparing Melbourne to Geelong, you've said right now they didn't play at the weekend, they play this week, and I think they're going to be stronger this weekend than they were in the in the three that they had the three wins over Port and Adelaide and the Dogs leading up to their bye, and just a ten point loss to St Kilda prior to that. I, I like the look of Geelong, and I think they'll be too strong for West Coast. What about this Richmond? Week. Course, Where do you
1: see Richmond?
3: Well, clearly... Uh, at, at their
1: best, they're very good.
3: Yeah. Geez, but, they, they were good the other night mm. at times. But Port, I think Port, just they, they you talk about mishandling the ball, don't You they? think
1: Hinkley, uh, this is his final season then?
3: Absolutely. And yeah. I thought leading into last week, we said that here on Thursday night, the carry-on about him saying, oh, I'm committed, you know, that's rubbish. I don't know who makes these things up. They don't come from nowhere, and he's clearly going to be on the radar to coach someone else because I think their shot, they've got Sydney this week at home, Gold Coast, Fremantle, or Melbourne. They'll win a few, lose a few. I don't think Port make the eight.
1: Good on you, Hags. Thanks for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll give you the full wash up on whether the Socceroos are going to the World Cup uh, later this year in uh, Doha, in Qatar or not. Uh, that'll be a big talking point in the morning, as it will. Uh, a lot of the AFL issues. We'll have it all covered here on Drive tomorrow from 5. Good on your hacks, Thanks for your time today. We'll catch you on Thursday. Okay. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Bray, for your help. Hope you've enjoyed the program. It's been presented thanks to Toolmart, the Complete tool Centre.